Okay, shifting gears uh, to the Premier, Premier Danielle Smith. Found myself, maybe you were like me, found myself over the weekend thinking about what she said last week. And, I mean, just to remind you all. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. There you go. She clarified, saying, you know, it was not her intention to, um, you know, trivialize in any way discrimination faced by um, other communities and groups and that type of thing. And she started to use the word mistreatment of individuals who chose to not be vaccinated. But that line from Premier Danielle Smith... Um, got international headlines. I mean, lots of friends of mine, I have friends in BC, friends in Ontario, lots of family in Newfoundland, texting me, you know, saying, did she really say this? And of, of course she did, and that's why she came out and clarified what her intention was. And it had me thinking this weekend, is this really that big of a deal? I mean, will that comment, I mean, it did appear in Forbes magazine, there is a health authority in Ontario using that comment from Premier Daniel Smith to try and recruit Albertans who want to get out of here to go to Ontario now. And I was thinking, like, was it really that big of a deal? It was a ridiculous statement to make. It's not even close to being accurate, in my opinion. But outside of Alberta, do potential investors, you know, pay attention to this stuff? Companies in Alberta trying to woo people to come here to work, tech industry, whatever it happens to be. A statement like that, did it get enough play outside of Alberta to make it more difficult for companies to recruit talent? Well, for some analysis of this. Professor David Silberman is joining me this afternoon on the drive. Uh, Professor Silberman is, uh, teaches out of the Rotman School of Management and is also the Canadian National Chair of Strategic Marketing at the University of Toronto. And, and the conversation I'm about to have, again, sobering second thought, is it really that big of a deal? Professor, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And off the top, uh, your initial reaction, um, Danielle Smith said some controversial things uh, within her first, you know, nine, ten days of office or so. Uh, is this really a big deal or is it kind of being, uh, will it be like a flash in the pan in your opinion? Well, I think um, it's probably more likely to be a flash in the pan because I think she certainly has clarified what she meant by her comments and she hasn't sort of continued to dig in her heels, which I think is when something is going to become more serious, that's what you expect to see. So to be honest, um, in the last two or three days, I've not seen very much in the media about it. So unless um, she continues to sort of make these comments from time to time, it's probably going to be more like a one-time thing. We might even call it sort of a startup problem. Sure, a startup problem. The kind of like a few hiccups, uh, a few speed That's bumps right. along, you know, when you're just kind of assuming the chair, right? Exactly, yes. Okay, it's interesting that you mentioned not in the media. Here in the province, it gets a lot of play, a lot of attention, uh, be it social media or conventional media, that type of thing. But outside of Alberta, you're saying that it's kind of it's kind of fizzled, it's kind of burned itself out. Well, it certainly got a lot of play when it uh, was first happened last week. And I think people were quite interested in trying to really understand 
what what um, Premier Smith meant. But I think she did clarify her comments, and while she may have stopped short of a complete apology, I think she did sort of clarify that she meant in no way to sort of diminish uh, the discrimination that has been felt by other groups within Canadian society over the years. And so I think that that was really what people outside uh, wanted to hear. And as I've said before, there's all sorts of things going on in the world, whether it's sort of um, drones bombing Kiev or finance ministers being fired in the UK. And I think that these things seem to be dominating the media waves right now um, in this part of the country. Do you think, uh, do you think, David, young people, you know, perhaps graduating from the University of Toronto, um, uh, you know, where, where you instruct and, and you, and you work, um, do you think that they pay a lot of attention to things like Premier Smith said? You know, as I said before, I think with a lot of these things, it depends, a lot depends upon repetition. So in other words, when you start hearing something many times, then it starts to register. This is why a one-time misstep is not nearly as serious as repeated missteps over time, which then can create a, a bad image. So I think she sort of retracted her statements. She's probably going to be a lot more careful as she sort of moves into her first term as as uh, premier. And I think that probably those are the sorts of things her advisors will help her to avoid making. And so from the perspective of people here in um, Toronto, I think we're probably going to be more affected by the social media ads that we're seeing um, trying to convince people about how Alberta might be a great alternative for people to think about uh, as a place to live and work because obviously one of the big challenges, at least in the GTA, is the cost to find a, a good place to live. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it comes down to dollars and cents <laughs> when it well, comes I think to attractive. For a lot of people, yeah. certainly when they're when they're graduating, it does. Hopefully, at some point in in one's life, you can be sort of less worried about yeah. that. But I think, especially with you know, inflation where it is right now and sort of the cost of even rental accommodation in a place like GTA. Um, some of the things that are being discussed in the Alberta campaign are quite appealing. Yeah. Interesting. Professor, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate this. Thank you. No problem. It's my pleasure. That's Professor David Silberman. Uh, he's out of the Rotman School of Management and Canadian National Chair of Strategic Marketing out of the University of Toronto. So there you go. Some perspective outside of our province, right? It caught a lot of attention uh, in our province. Daniel Smith's comment caught a lot of attention across the country, caught some attention south of the border, Forbes magazine. Is it that big of a deal? Will it stay that big of a deal? Yeah, time will tell. We'll have to see. Was it worth calling out the premier on it? Absolutely. But we'll have to see how it plays out over the next weeks and months, of course, down the road here. Fascinating thing for me. What I'm going to play for you here is um, folk music out of Korea, but this is artificially generated. AI created this. Oh. 
good. Like you can hear emotion in that artificial voice. Question is, is this the future of music or at least part of the future of music? With that in mind, uh, Alan Cross is joining me this afternoon on The Drive. Alan, of course, music historian, host of the ongoing history of new music. Alan, how are you? I'm uh, walking in the rain. Thank oh, you very much. are you? <laughs> You're walking in the rain. What What possessed you to do that? I had to go get the mail. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those super mailbox people, so. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, let's talk about artificial intelligence, Alan, and, and music. I mean, is this a new phenomenon? Not really, but it has ramped up over the last couple of years. This, I guess, kind of started way back when. Do you remember the Fred Astaire commercial where he was dancing with a vacuum? Yes, I do. He had been, okay, so he's yeah. been dead a very long time. And that started all kinds of talk saying, do we, are we at the point where technology can resurrect dead actors and dead comedians and dead whatever? and put them into movies where we won't have to pay them and we can make them do whatever we want. That went on for a little while. We saw Forrest and Gump, where Tom Hanks was inserted into all those historical events. And then we started hearing later about Deep Fake, where we had these powerful computer programs that can sample or somehow synthesize the, the look and sound of anybody, really, with just a, a little bit of uh, raw material. I've seen some uh, presentations where a guy will ask somebody to come up from the audience, speak a few words into a microphone, and then that person within 20 seconds is reciting a speech that they never said, but in their voice with their own intonations and so on. Wow. So uh, this is the latest thing. Can we get a computer to write music? And the answer seems to be, yes, we can. We're getting better at it. But why would we want to do this? Well, mostly there is an industrial application for places like radio stations and TV stations and movie studios that need something called production music, where you need short bits of music that are essentially disposable. You know, they're good for one commercial or they're, you know, one scene in a movie and, and then that's it. Normally, we would have to get a human being to uh, write this stuff, and that's expensive and time-consuming. If we could get a computer to write some of this incidental production music, well, that would be great. However, we've taken it even further now, where we can sample the stylings of a vocalist, and a computer program can synthesize, mimic, and otherwise imitate that vocalist pretty well, to the point where you can't tell necessarily from the the original and the reason we're writing about this i'm talking about this now is because there's a company in south korea called hybe which is spelled h-y-b-e h-y-b-e or hybe is behind is the company behind bts the biggest of the k-pop yeah yeah and they are currently or about to go on hiatus because each of the seven members has to fulfill their mandatory military service, meaning that they're not going to be around until 2025. This is a problem because BTS generates $3 billion U.S. billion every year for HYBE, and the whole K-pop industry 
generates a non-insignificant amount of money for South Korean GDP. So the theory is, the thinking is, HYBE needs to somehow keep BTS alive while they can't perform. This is why they bought a company called Soundtone, and Soundtone is one of the leading artificial intelligence programs that can sample the sound of a singer and turn it around so that the computer creates this very reasonable facsimile of the artist. There's where we're going. That's a, it's amazing that computers can, you know, get the intonation and get, you know, the, uh, well, I guess it's, it's obviously artificial, but you, they can generate some sort of emotion, like emote feelings in, in the music that we hear. You know, the, the AI is that good now. Well, it has to be programmed to be able to pick up those things. You can't do it innately. Okay. Uh, I read another story where, you know, you can't write about, uh, you know, going through a divorce unless you've been through one. You just can't get that sound in your voice without the actual heartache. However, if you understand the data points that are um, that you can extract from a sample of a vocal performance, well, then if you're skilled at at manipulating that data, you can create a pretty good song. No kidding. And I guess we're already, we're already going to see this in the very near future because I know. Uh, for example, the Star Wars franchise and James Earl Jones, I mean, he's no longer going to voice Darth Vader, right? But they're using all of his recordings to generate a an almost identical voice of him acting as Darth, you know? Right. Yeah, you simply take the, uh, the sound wave profiles uh, and then, you know, uh, compensate for things or add in things like... Um uh, you know, breathing and uh, you know, tonalities and, and just just difference. You know, pausing that sort of thing. And you know, on on a on a computer, you can you can recreate Darth Vader saying whatever you want. Yeah. What, what about the um? I, I guess the ethics for the uh, the consumer here, Alan, because I mean, the artificially generated um, content from BTS that comes out from this company, for example, while the the band members are are you know on hiatus because they're fulfilling their duty as as Korean citizens. Um, is there an ethical dilemma here that people who are consuming this and paying for this, they're not actually getting the real thing? I know. We're going to have this discussion. It goes beyond that. When a computer creates a piece of music that sounds like somebody else, who owns that music? Is it the person? <laughs> is it the point. person doing the key? Yeah. Is it the person doing the programming? Is it the person that wrote the the, uh, the software? Is it the person that built the hardware? Or or is it the machine? Does the machine own this intellectual property? These are things that are not clear in in law. So we're gonna. There's a lot of stuff that's gonna have to be sorted out. Who owns the copyright when a machine writes the song? I know, right? <laughs> you just kind of blew everyone's mind this afternoon, Alan, as they're going around in their cars right now. Oh, just wait. It's not going to be too long before someone somewhere. We saw something a little bit earlier this year that blew up in everybody's face uh, with a, with a, a, a virtual rapper. Uh, that lasted a story that lasted about a week. But I, you are inevitably going right now. Right now, some producer somewhere in a studio is working with this technology, and I'm going to bet that sometime in 2023, a new song is going to hit the uh, is going to be released, and we're all going to think that it's a real person, and then at some point they're going to pull the, the curtain back and say, "Nope, fooled you. We built this in a lab." Wow. 
I don't know how I feel about this. I, I, I know, know me neither. I mean, it's, you know, things are changing so fast yeah. in this world. You know, and, and, you know, isn't music supposed to be an expression of yeah. the, human, the human condition? And if we, we you know, there, there are others that say that this will never really happen because, again, you need that, that original uh, emotional, uh, uh, I don't know, impetus, uh, experience, ability to yeah. experience yeah. all that sort of stuff. You know, if you can't, if you, you need to be able to feel in order to express feelings. However, if you're very clever and you know how to manufacture the expression of feelings using software... Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about this again down the road, Alan. Thanks for your time today. You bet. Have a great evening. You too. Have a safe uh, walk home, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's Alan Cross, music historian, also host of the Ongoing History of New Music. A fantastic, curious cast, by the way. Uh, full disclosure, I grew up listening at least when i was a teenager listening to alan cross on a sister radio station to this one it's called edge 102 it's it's based out of toronto when i was listening to it, it was called cfny but it's now edge 102 and it's a sister fm station to q or excuse me to 770 chqr here of course that you're listening to right now so fascinating stuff um alan cross of course has written extensively 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 uh, about the tragically hip over the years of course this is the five-year anniversary of Gord Downey passing away chance for us to dig into topics affecting you and your vehicle brian turner joining us from driving.ca brian how are you just fine just fine and how about you i'm doing well thank you it's 25 degrees out here brian gotta love it <laughs> nobody is thinking about winter right now brian but no. but we, we forgot be. about that we <laughs> forgot about that and i know that the first day that we have to commute through snow-covered yep. highways we're gonna think Drivers forgot about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? No kidding. There's a few simple things, though, that, that we can all do right now, right, to kind of cover ourselves. And yeah, and you really want to take the time to be prepared early because this uh, human resources shortage, as far as technicians go, is making life really uh I'm going to say inconvenient for a lot of drivers. Um, and one of the things I thought about when I was putting this piece together was the the, the hidden things. And cabin filters are right up at the top. Yeah. I know it's been like over 10 years since cabin filters were really popular and common in just about any vehicle. But it always takes people by surprise. And the first time it takes them by surprise and it hits the hardest is when they're trying to defrost a windshield through a filter that's got more dust, grit, and animal <laughs> poop on it than you'd care to think about. And I know a lot of people are thinking they're being upsold by the lube technician who says, you really need a new cabin filter, sir. Um, and if it's a price you can't afford, you know what? Take it out. Throw it in the garbage because I really haven't seen any studies that show that cabin filters are really improving our health. Okay. Uh, so I think that is a bill of goods we might have been sold. Uh, some of the other things that I mean, we've had great reminders about getting our snow tires on. And yeah. I mean, if you don't have an appointment now, you might as well plan on, on vacationing south for the rest of the winter. Um, but the situation with predictable things and predictable things like batteries. 
They get tested, and if they're tested properly, they can give you a lot of advance warning that, guess what, that first day at minus 15, we're not going to start, and <laughs> you got the day off, yeah. whether you like it or not. So get a test done when you're getting an oil change. Most shops will throw in those tests at you know no charge or minor charge. Get it done, and it can give you early warning that, you know, maybe you might want to think about getting that battery taken okay, care of. Okay, so we've talked about cabin filters. We've talked about getting our batteries tested. Uh, snow tires, of course, uh, that's a pretty obvious one. Uh, but what, what, what about, you know, door locks and things like that, Brian? Absolutely. Like I mean, uh, you're going to have a time when your remote won't work to unlock the doors because your battery's dead. You forgot to get that taken care of, right? And then you're going to pull that little key out of your fob and insert it into a key lock that cylinder that's never been used in five years. And what do you think the chances of that working are? <laughs> so something an easy do-it-yourself is just a little shot of WD-40. You don't have to drown the thing. Uh, the same with all your latches, uh, especially the ones that are on trunks and hoods. Uh, they tend to get exposed to the most temperature variants, which means that the sudden drops, lots of moisture, they can cause problems. Gas filler doors. How many people have you seen yeah. fighting? Uh, at a at a gas station, trying to reach for the release handle and whack on the, on the door to get it to release. A uh, couple shots of, uh, like I said, this this miracle WD-40 will take care of a lot of that for you. One of the things that drives people with worst nuts when it comes to their work, their car in winter is salt stains on the carpet. They're impossible to get out. They take a lot of effort to get out. You can save yourself a lot of grief by pulling all the floor mats out right now while it's nice and 25 degrees. Yeah. And get a can of Scotch Guard. I uh, love it. Great and, ideas, and Brian. Spray it all down. Appreciate it. it. Uh, awesome. Awesome, Brian. Thank you, my friend. You're very welcome. Have a great Thanks evening. Driving, everyone. All Welcome right. to winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Brian. That's Brian Turner from driving.ca. And last but not least on that list is your wiper blades. Make sure you check those suckers out, right, before the snow starts to fly.